0: Welcome to the Summit Church Podcast. And so let's get into the Word today, and I'm going to talk to you uh, uh, around the subject plowing your field. And we're going to take the text. Uh, Luke chapter 8 verse 4 through 8 We're going to have two texts here And uh, we're going to talk about The seed and the sower Today and exactly what Jesus Meant when he gave the Parable to the disciples in the day That he walked in this earth And what it means for us Today Luke chapter 8 Verse 4 through 8 We're going to read out of the NIV and it says this While a large crowd was gathering And people were coming to Jesus from town After town he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up It yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When he said this, he called out, Whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. Now the next text or subtext today is uh, uh, Luke 8, 11 through 15. It's further down in that chapter. It says this, This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear, and the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts. So that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They, be, they, they believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word and retain it. And by persevering, they produce a hundredfold crop. So Father, we just ask you to bless this word in Jesus' name. Help, help me to teach it in a way that it'll get down in the depths of our heart. And as I pray every week and is so applicable to this message today, take your word like a seed. Cultivate the soil of our hearts. Plant it deep inside of us and cause it to bear fruit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. So I love that Jesus would tell stories because stories have this way, well, let me just say it this way. You've heard the phrase, you've heard the phrase, you you can take a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. You can lead a horse to water, you can't make him drink. And I think that's a very true statement, especially when it comes to humanity. We, we can lead humanity to certain places, to certain things that should be the way things go. But the truth is, we have rebellious hearts a lot of the time. We have hard hearts a lot of times. We have stubborn hearts. And what happens is we may be led to the right thing, but no one can force you to do the right thing. And just like you can lead a horse to water, you can't make them drink. But what we as Christians can do and is one of the reasons that Jesus said we should be the salt of the earth because salt makes you thirsty I don't know if you've ever been on a farm or I'm sure you have around here if you've been on a ranch or a farm that I I remember one time I was a young guy about 10 years old and a friend of mine had a farm and we were out at the farm and right there by the water there was this big yellow block and that, that we were we were riding our horses and stuff like that and and so we were out there and there was a little pond there and and uh Right there by the pond, there was a big yellow block. I said, what is that? It's weird. It's just out here, out in nowhere. And he said, that's a salt lick. And what happens is the animals will lick that salt and it'll make them thirsty and they'll drink. And I think what Jesus was doing when he would tell stories is he was making people thirsty. He wasn't trying to force because God's given us a free will. We can choose. We can choose if our hearts are going to be rebellious. We can choose if we're going to allow the hardness of heart to come into our lives, even as a believer. But but Jesus is not going to force his way on you. He's given you the choice whether you'll follow him or not. He's led you to the water, but he can't make you drink. But what Jesus does is he makes humanity thirsty. And the way he did that when he was actually here on the planet is he would tell stories. The We call them parables and they're just stories with a meaning or a moral that leads you to an understanding of a certain value. And that is what Jesus would do. He would continually tell these stories. Now, some people's hearts would be prepared to hear these stories. And like the disciples, he said, you've been given this prepared heart so you'll receive what I'm saying to you. But even the disciples Sometimes just didn't get what he was saying. So after he would tell a story, he would walk away from the crowd, and the disciples would say, "Hey Jesus, can you uh, can you explain what you were talking about there with you know the seed and the sower and what does that have to do with you know you know you've told us we're going to fish for men and now you're talking about farming? What are you talking about?" And Jesus would begin to share the reality of this. And so what we have here is a picture of Jesus in an agricultural community relating to those farmers and the people who would know about that. It would be much like if he had come to Canyon, Texas, and he was sharing thoughts uh, in a way that we would understand. He's going to use the language of our culture, and and so that's what he was doing, and he was saying, there's this farmer, and and he was sowing his seed, and he was sowing a seed, and some of the seed fell here, and some of the seed fell there, But the real premise of the story is not so much about the seed as it is about the soil, where the seed is landing. So we find this story of how the seed would be sown here and then this would happen, the seed would be sown there and this would happen, and then he goes on to explain. He says the meaning of the parable, the seed is the word of God. So the definition for seed in this story for us to understand is God's word. And then he goes on to say, uh, those along the path, and he's talking about the soil along the path, are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts. It said, birds come and take the seed off the path. And the, the seed has no time or no chance to really uh, get uh, into the soil. And then he goes on and on and he explains each one of these situations. So what I want to do today is I just want to define for you what the Articles and components of this parable are and then I want to talk to you about which soil you are and I am and then how we can cultivate that ground or plow our own field in a way that will cause the word of God to take deep root in us and produce the kind of fruit that God wants. Now, I'm just going to be honest. There are those of us in, uh, in in this walk, in this Christian life today that some of us are very committed. Some of us, the soil has been tilled. We have spent that time getting rid of certain things, adding certain things to our life. We have spent that time. In the presence of God praying, we have sought His Word. We are searchers and seekers of truth. We are learners and 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 curiosity, and I mean curious, and we want to know God's revealed plan and God's revealed will. We want it. And it's something that we desire and we go after. And that soil is being fed with the seeds of the Word and fruit is just coming up out of our lives. And then there are some that are, are like that, uh, a person who's got a lot of thorns growing up and weeds growing up that's choking out the life of the Word. And, and then there are those who are, are, are like the the beaten path, you know, that, that life has beat you down and the seed comes to your life, but man, the devil immediately uh, takes it and runs with it and you don't have a chance for it to grow in your life. There are those of us who are that soil that's got a lot of rocks and obstructions in the way that our roots can't go deep. Maybe we're constantly being transplanted, Maybe we're constantly uh, uh, being distracted. Maybe we've got a lot of things in the way. Instead of being purely focused on God, we're letting other things get in the way, and it's obstructing our ability to put down roots and then grab the moisture of the Spirit and allow it to produce life in us. So it, there, there, all of us are in this boat. And here's the thing. Jesus loves us all, and Jesus wants the fruit of His Spirit to be born in us all. He doesn't want any of us not to have everything he has for us or be blessed in the ways that he desires for us to be blessed because the reason God wants his fruit to be born in us is because it's not just us that is eating from the fruit of our life. It's the other people around us that need that fruit of hope and joy and peace and grace and love and goodness and and temperance. It's that fruit that God is producing in us that others will eat from from and they'll taste and see that the Lord is good and stop looking at the world as it's what it's better. And they'll look at what God can do in your life and say, oh my God, I want that fruit in my life. How do I, how do I get it? And we'll say, listen, you got to plow your field. You got to cultivate your soil. And so that's, that's what this is all about. So wherever you're at on this journey today, listen to me, wherever you're at, Maybe you haven't even made a decision to follow Christ, that the seeds of the gospel have been planted in your life several times, but because of the life that you're living or because of the, the beaten path that you're on, maybe it's getting stolen. Maybe the enemy is stealing it from you and you're you're not giving it enough time to really bear fruit in your life. You know, maybe that's your case. If that's your case, listen, before this this message is over, before this, this worship experience is done, you need to make a solid decision that you're, right now, you need to start praying and saying, God, I, I want the truth in my life. I want to change. I want your spirit to move in my life. And that 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 is just cultivating the soil in your heart. And as this seed is planted in your heart, the, it's gonna produce fruit and the devil can't take what God gives you if you receive it. See, the soil has to receive the seed in order for the seed to bring life. That's the only way it works. So, what are definitions today? As we've already said, the sower is, is God through those who declare His word. So, so, preachers, teachers, disciples, other Christians that are declaring the word of God into someone's life They are literally the sower in that situation. Now, overall, it's our father God who's sowing the seed, gave us his word uh, in a general sense. And then he gives it to us to share with others. The seed is the word of God. That's what it is. It's not a philosophy. It's not an ideology. It's not a positive thinking. It's not affirmations. It's the word of God because it's the word of God that brings life because the word is the truth. And the Bible says he who knows the truth, the truth will set him free. And if the truth sets you free, you are free indeed. It's not a colloquialism that's going to set you free. It's not a philosophy that's going to set you free. It's not a political ideology that's going to set you free. It is the word of God that will set you free. It's not the misinterpreted word of God that'll set you free. It is not the taken out of context word of God that will set you free. It is the literal whole and in context word of God given us by God by his Holy Spirit to the men of God to declare to the world the words that God would have to say to us it is an amazing thing that we even have the word of God and when we receive it it is like seed planted in soil that produces fruit can I just tell you that it's not when we study the word of God it's not like education it's not like information. It's more like revelation and inspiration. There's a difference. I can learn things from the Bible that cause me to be a more moral person. But if I really am saved and the Holy Spirit has changed me and I'm receiving this word as seed in my heart, it won't just educate me to be a better person. It will transform me into a better person. In other words, I'm not just trying really hard to bear this fruit the fruit just starts being born in me because the seeds have been planted in my soul it's a there's a big difference between trying to live up to an education information-type mentality when it comes to Christianity. That's just like every other religion. But when you understand that this word is life-giving, that this word came straight from the mouth of God, that Paul told Timothy that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, the pneuma, the Spirit of God, breathed it into the hearts of men, and then they gave it to all men. Can, can I just tell you that when we understand that it has transformative power, that it literally will change you from the inside out. I I don't know about you, but I'm like, God, put some more of that seed in me because I want to see the fruit come out. So the seed is the word of God. Number three, the birds in this story are the devil. Spiritual entities that are out to stop you from receiving what God wants to give you. And then four, different types of soil. The different types of soil are our heart's receptivity to the word. It's not just our heart. The soil isn't just our heart, it's our heart's level of receptivity. That's what the soil is. So, the first question then becomes, which soil are we? Which soil are we? So, the first soil we see in this story that Jesus tells, He said, there was a sower sowing seed and some of the seed was scattered along the path. Now, when He says along the path, here's what it means. It means... It's soil that needs to be aerated. I, I don't know, I don't know if you have dogs. I have dogs and my dogs irritate me sometimes. And one thing that irritates me about my dogs is I put grass in my backyard. I, I when I say I put grass in my backyard, I sodded my backyard with the help of some friends. And I'm telling you, I want that to look nice. But there are parts of that as it grows back this second year that are beat down because my dogs run a path. They run that same path. And so they've beat it down. And what you have to do is you have to aerate that soil, that hard, beaten down path, so that the grass can, the oxygen can get down into the soil and the water can get down into the soil and then the seed can be replenished and start giving birth to fruit. So we have to aerate that. So what it means is it's been hardened by the traffic that's walked over it. Now think about that for a minute. It, it, it's been hardened by the traffic that's walked over it. That seed that falls along the ground. Are people who they're not saved yet. They 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 haven't come to the knowledge of Jesus. They haven't realized that Jesus could change their life. And, and, and what's happened is life has walked on them. Life has walked on them and kind of hardened them. And hardened their heart. And, and especially in our world today. So many people in this boat. Because their hearts are not sensitive and they're and they're and they're hardened cynicism has overtaken them they're confused it seems like our culture is crazy and everything is wild and i'm trying to be a good person but it's not working because i can't be a good person because my heart isn't right and it's it's just a hard hard life it's a hard shell covering now the good thing is the holy spirit can help us aerate that, that land the devil doesn't get to just steal everything God's trying to do in your life and here's what I would encourage you to do if you don't know Christ maybe you've even been in church but you don't have a relationship with Jesus or maybe you've never been in church you don't have a relationship with Jesus and maybe you're that ground what you need to do is allow the Holy Spirit to really start cultivating that ground you need to, you need to start realizing seeds are being planted why did that person say that to me you know, you know, why do I feel like I need to go to church? Why 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 do I why, why, why uh, am, is someone always wanting to pray for me? You need to realize seeds are being sown. You don't recognize it. Seeds are being sown. And we as believers, we need to come into that path that path of the person that is the that soil that's been beaten down by life. And we need to ourselves begin to cultivate the ground, being kind and being loving to them and, 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 and being servants to them and caring for them. We need to be what Jesus said we should be, be a neighbor to those to whom we can be a neighbor and we need to love on them until that ground is cultivated and the seed is planted and the devil cannot steal it. Can can I just tell you something right now? The reason we do outreaches at Summit Church, the reason we go into our community, the reason that we help the poor, the reason we do missions, the reason we do all of the stuff that we do that's outside the four walls of this church is not because we want to look good. It's not because we want everybody to say Summit Church is that outreach church. I- I'm glad if people think that, but you know what we're doing? We're aerating the ground. That's what we're doing. We're walking. Well, my, my, my my mother-in-law, she gave me a bit of advice about this. She said, she said, hey, uh, I-, I said, I'm going to have to go get an aerator. She said, don't do that. She said, you, you play golf, right? I said, yeah. She said, you got golf shoes, right? I said, yeah. She said, go walk all over that with your golf shoes, and when you're done, it'll have aerated that ground. And, and you know, that's what we need to do. We need to put our golf shoes, because you always need to play a little golf. But anyway, you need to put our golf shoes on, and we need to go start walking into the, some lives of people who do not know Christ. And then when we walk into their life with kindness, and we walk into their life with, with peace, and when we walk into their life with service and help, what happens is that Hard ground that the seed would just set on top of now is being aerated and opened up. And then when when the seed is deposited, the devil can come and he can try to look to find those seeds. But they've made their way down inside. And now he cannot steal that from them and they can come to the knowledge of Christ. Listen, that's our role as believers is to start aerating the soil of those who can't receive the seed. It's important that we play our role. The second type of soil that you might ask yourself if you're this kind of soil, rocky ground. Rocky ground. This this type of soil, he said, there's rocks all in the ground and the seed fell among the rocks. And, and what this means is it's, it's it's soil that is filled with obstructions that keep the seed from putting its roots down deep and connecting to the moisture. See, the moisture, the water is always... That's always exemplary of the Holy Spirit in the Bible throughout. When you hear water, that's usually symbolic of the Holy Spirit. You know, the Bible says, Blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly or stands in the way of sinners or sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in that law, doth he meditate day and night, and he'll be like a tree that's planted by the rivers of water. And he will not be removed from that. And his leaves don't wither, and his fruit always is born. It's saying we need to have our roots deeply planted into the moisture of the Holy Spirit so he can do his job. And what happens is a lot of times the seed of the gospel, the seed of that revelation, the seed of that transformation for your life and the issues of your life are stymied by the rocks that are obstructing the seed from putting down roots and getting deep into the soil and partaking of what the Holy Spirit wants to do in their life. The third kind of seed is thorny ground thorny ground is thorns and weeds that overwhelm it and choke the life out of it man uh, i i was i didn't i didn't do a good enough job I, I, in my backyard i made this kind of bed to put a big uh, uh, uh Play gym for my grandkids in uh, in the backyard, and I got all this mulch all around it, and it's just awesome. And they just can play so much. But I, I tried to poison all the weeds beforehand before I did it. But let me tell you, I did not do a good enough job because when the spring came this year, I looked out and I said, "Oh, they're going to have so much time." I walked up to the window and I thought, "Man, I can't wait for the kid, the, the Lindley, to be able to play." And I looked out, and let me tell you, my mulch is red. Not green, but it looked green because there were weeds everywhere. And I'm telling you, it took me days sitting there picking those weeds out by the roots. Now it looks beautiful. And it better stay that way because I'm not doing that again. No, I'm joking. Sometimes what happens is weeds get into our plants, weeds get into our beds, and what happens is they don't allow. Like we have one bed that has gotten a vine in it, and it's not a good vine that you want in there. And so this vine is choking out the life of one of our beds, while another bed who doesn't have that vine attacking it is just flourishing. Because when you get these weeds and these thorns around the seed that is trying to grow, what happens is it completely chokes the life out of it. And I'm telling you, as, as we talk about this today and, 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 and try to get us to understand what really uh, we need to do to plow the ground, cultivate the soil in order to produce the kind of fruit, we need to understand what those thorns are. I'm going to tell you that I feel like this message is mostly for that, for that section of soil. And the reason is, is because I think that section of soil is what most of us are dealing with today and I'll talk about that in a moment the Bible Jesus said it's the deceitfulness of riches and that one translation says the deceitfulness of riches and the busyness of life the deceitfulness of riches and the busyness of life now most people will deal with that deceitfulness of riches because it's always fun to be religious about money but the truth is it's not just saying money it's saying the deceitfulness of pursuing money over everything else that's valuable in your life. And then also the busyness, worries and and distractions of life getting in the way of the seed taking root and developing fruit. It's something we all are dealing with. Every single one of us are dealing with your pastor deals with it. Your Pastoral staff deals with it. Elders in this church deal with it. Every single person in your house is dealing with it. Because I believe what C.S. Lewis said in the screw tape letters. He said, you don't really have to tempt someone to be extremely immoral. Just keep them busy and distracted from the things of God. Number four, good ground. Good ground is that ground that's been cleared, it's been tilled, it's been treated, it's been weeded. And it's fed with nutrients. And when you put seed into that ground, hold on. Let the Holy Spirit's rain on it. The Holy Spirit rains on that soil with that seed in it. Fruits coming, baby, 30, 60, 100 fold, 100 times. In other words, he's not just saying you get 100% of a crop. He's not just saying you get 100% of the seed that was sown. He's saying you get 100 times that seed. In other words, that seed multiplies by 100 and gives you that kind of a harvest. Woo! I don't know about you, but that's the kind of soil I want in my life. Well, how do we get that? Because when the seed of the word is implanted in the right soil of the heart, the prepared soil, it produces major fruit. Now some of us are struggling with our Christianity. Some of us are struggling with morality. Some of us are struggling with getting things right. Some of us are struggling with our family, our finances, our issues, the world, what's going on, what's gonna happen. We're struggling with these issues. And we don't realize that the answer is not to try to figure it out on our own. The answer is not to try to take a certain posture. The answer is not to try to put more effort in. The answer is to turn to the word of God. The answer is to let the seed be sown. So what we should be doing instead of trying to externally fix all these things, we should go inside and start working on the soil. You need to stop worrying about everybody else's field and start plowing your own field. You need to stop worrying about all what's happening in the world and start worrying about what's happening in you. Because what happens when you do that, then what grows out of you positively starts affecting everything on the outside. If we want to make a huge difference in our culture, then make a huge difference in your family. If you want to make a huge difference in your job, then make a huge difference in yourself by going to the Word of God and praying and seeking God and doing the things that God's Spirit leads you to do, weeding and tilling and working that soil until it's wide open. You know, one of the reasons we do things the way we do here in preparation for worship experiences at Summit Church is to cultivate the soil. When someone comes in this house, there's a reason somebody's in the parking lot greeting you when you come. There's a reason why there's music playing. There's a reason why we have coffee and donuts. There's a reason why people are shaking your hand and smiling at you and giving you instructions on where things are. There's a reason why we do ministry for kids. There's a reason why when you come into the house of God, it fills up and it feels bright and it feels full of full of fun and grace and peace because we're doing that on purpose to cultivate the soil so when that worship time starts your heart is starting to open and when you begin to worship God and that worship begins to go up from this worship team and go up amongst the believers in the house then all of a sudden that soil of your heart is being tilled up and things are being removed and when we receive that communion all of a sudden that's God taking rock of obstruction out of the way so the seed can take root or that's God pulling up some weeds the holy spirit pulling up some weeds in your life to remove it out of the way some doubt and some fear and some cynicism and some sinfulness and he's getting that heart wide open and that soil cultivated and, and tilled up there's a scripture in the old testament that says god Break up the fallow ground. Sometimes our hearts get so hard because of the life, and we need it to be broken up so that seed can take deep root in us and bear fruit. Man, I am getting excited about this because I know that if we'll get this, it'll change our life. So that's why we do church the way we do it, so that when that word starts coming, when that message starts being preached, man, that then all of a sudden those seeds are just dropping into soil that's broken up. That seed's been dropping the soil, and the rain of the Holy Spirit is moving among our people, and all of a sudden, fruit starts being born. All of a sudden, revelation starts happening. Inspiration starts happening, and God begins to change us and transform us. And this happens not only in our worship experiences, but it happens in our own personal worship. Some of us are so busy that all we do is a little bitty devotional and then we just move on. And in that devotional, we're just going through it as fast as we can. We're not even creating an atmosphere where the soil is good. So we're not even receiving the seed in a way that's going to change our life. You hear what I'm saying? It's time for us to plow our field. So how do we cultivate the right soil for the seed? The first thing you have to do is you have to till it. Turn it over. Turn the soil over. Uh, I was telling you that some friends helped me uh, last year uh, lay the sod in my backyard. We put a big, nice fence up. We decided we really wanted to – we we could not get the grass to grow like we wanted. It was not working with us, and so we put the fence up. We wanted to create an area that our kids – our grandkids could play. And so we, we decided we're going to get sod because we're not patient and we don't want to wait for seed to grow anymore. We just want to – going you know, to put it in. And so we went and got the sod or they brought the sod to us and but here's what we figured out uh in order for that sod to work we had to clear the yard. We we it, well it was humorous. That's all I'm going to say is <laughs> we we went and rented a big uh tiller and 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 then we had a little bit of electric tiller and I had this electric tiller and I was like doing, you know, trying to till things up with it. And then I just realized very suddenly this, this ain't going to get this done. This is going to take too long. It's going to be too hard. I don't have the patience for this. So we get a bigger one and then we had to figure out how to use that thing. And it was hard to use because the ground was hard and we were trading off doing it and getting that soil. But here's what we knew. We had to get that soil completely turned over. We had to get it totally turned over, tried to get the weeds out of it, tried to get everything that could obstruct the growth of that grass, that put down roots, because I didn't want to pay for all this sod and then end up losing it because the roots wouldn't go deep because of any obstruction. So we tilled and 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 we tilled. And And sometimes that's how our life feels. Some of you farmers know how you till these gigantic Fields and and you have these big machines that do it and it and that's awesome because that's what the Holy Spirit is that's what the Word of God is that's what uh, discipleship is that's what small groups are that's what Summit uh, uh, Next Growth Track is it's the big equipment to help you turn that soil over in your heart so that you can receive the seed of God and it can produce fruit in your life so to till it is to turn it over it means to repent. It means, to, it means to, you know, because the word repent means to turn around, to turn over. Uh, you, you, you're, you're set, you're hard, you're obstructed. All of this stuff is happening. But if you'll just repent, which means to just turn, turn around and, and deal with the deadness or hardness in your heart. The, the truth is all of us develop hardness in our heart. The way we develop hardness in our heart, the soil gets hard in our heart, is this. It's, it's when we are prompted by the Holy Spirit to do things and we don't do it. It's when we read the Word of God and we don't obey. It's when, it's when the preacher preaches something and we hear it and we know that's right, that's right. But then we refuse to make the changes necessary or we choose to pray, refuse to pray about it. We refuse to allow the Holy Spirit to mold us and change us. And when that happens, we, we get hard. And, and life and experiences and circumstances and hurts and pains make it hard. And our heart can get hard. And what we have to do is we have to repent. We have to turn over that soil of our heart by saying, God, I turn away from unforgiveness. I turn away from stubbornness. I turn away from rebellion. I turn away from my own way. And I turn towards you. And what you're doing is you're turning the soil of your heart over. And you're preparing that soil of your heart to receive the seed from God. The second thing is you have to clear it. You have to clear it. You have to get rid of the rocks, the spiritual obstructions that hinder the roots from going deep. Paul, the apostle said it this way. We must put off the weights and sins that so easily beset us. He talked about someone who's running a race. And, you know, I don't know if you ever ran track or anything like that. But when we were in track, they would have us put on these ankle weights, and these wrist weights, this was years and years ago, I don't know what they do now, I'm sure it's far more sophisticated, but for us, we would put those on because it would strengthen us in our stride, and then there were signs that said, don't do that because you're pulling the joints away from each other, but anyway, what we knew is that once we took those weights off, we would have this sense of being lighter and being faster, and it would have worked our, our, our muscles out. But Paul's saying, if you're going to run a race, you're ready for the race. You're not practicing. You're not trying to strengthen yourself. You're ready for the race. Then you don't have weights on you. It would be silly for you to walk up to the race and everybody's got the proper attire on, but you put on a jacket. You put on one of those big big coats for the winter. That would be silly. That would make no sense. You you reach down and put some chains around your ankles. That would be silly. And what we do spiritually sometimes is we're doing that. It's time to run the race, but we've got these rocks and these obstructions in our life. And he says we need to put off those weights. Sometimes they're not even sins. Listen to me, sometimes it's not even sin, it's just things that we allow into our life that are obstructing us from allowing God's fruit to be born in our life because the seed can't get to the water. The seed cannot get the roots down deep. And what happens then is if the seed can't get the roots down deep and that can't get to that water and get sustenance, then when the heat comes up, When the heat comes up in our life, when the storms come up, when the heat beats down on us, when pressures of life come against us, the word, the seed, has no root, so it just withers away. We don't have any strength in it. There's no fruit born from it. It just goes away. I've seen this happen over and over and over again in in different settings. And I'm just telling you, we we have to deal with these attitudes, we have to deal with these weights, we have to deal with these sins and these mindsets by clearing the soil, getting rid of them, getting them off the land so that you can, so that that, that the roots of the word of God, as it's planted in your heart, can go deep and receive from the Spirit of God and be plentiful in the fruit. That is born. The, sec- the third thing is you have to weed it. And I'm going to come back to weed it. But the fourth thing is you have to feed it. Fourth thing is you have to feed it. Now feeding it means you put nutrients in it. It means you put growth resources in it. It means you water it. Well how do we feed it? We feed it by being in the presence of God and His people. That's how you feed the soil of your heart in order for it to give you the best results. You, get, you do the things that God says to do. Gather with the people of God. Seek the face of God. Worship God. And it cultivates the soil in your heart, and the seeds are planted, and the fruit is born. Now I want to talk to you lastly about the third one, and that is before you even feed it, you have to weed it. we live in a time where for some reason in some way we have decided as a society that fulfilling life purposeful life meaningful life is running as fast as we can doing as much as we can getting as much as we can knowing as many people as we can it's just become out of hand and now we're raising up generations of people who feel dissatisfied and discontent if everything in their life is not moving at a hyper speed we've gotten to the place where where life is so busy and the pursuit of success or the pursuit of of some kind of meaning in our life has gotten so intense Uh, the, the the making sure that our kids have everything that they want and get to do everything that they want has gotten so intense and the sad part is is that in our search for whatever this thing is, whatever this hidden special thing that we think we're somehow going to attain by running at breakneck speed, by doing the most that we can, by pursuing everything that we can, by knowing everything that we can, by going everywhere we can, by keeping ourselves busy and moving as fast as we can, we're we, we, we are never going to attain it. It's, it's never, ever reachable. It's never, ever attainable. It just keeps being out there, out there, out there. Why don't I feel better? Why am I not satisfied? Why do I have peace in my heart? Why why do I constantly feel discouraged? Why do I feel depressed? Why won't my kids act right? Why do they act like they're spoiled? Why are they not obeying me? Why don't teachers understand my kids? Why don't uh, uh, this and that? Why 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 why? And we're constantly seeking for answers. And I'm not talking about sinful people here. Listen to me. I'm not talking about people in the world that don't know Jesus. I'm talking about believers. This is a struggle we're having. I've lived this life and I've changed it. I've I've decided I'm not living that way. I've decided that my whole life intentional purpose is to live for Jesus Christ that everything in my life is to reflect him is to everything in my life is to connect him or connect someone else to him that I want my family to be centered around Jesus not centered around things not centered around the pursuit of happiness I know that we think happiness is everything but happiness is a fleeting emotion I don't want my kids to have happiness I want my kids to have joy I don't want my kids to have things and stuff only. I want my kids to have contentment and satisfaction and purpose. And, intention. and the only way they can find that is the word of God. The only way they're going to get that is a relationship with God that is ongoing, that is maturing, that is growing, that is producing beautiful fruit of faith, love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, temperance. All of these things that God wants to produce out of our life that fulfill us and satisfy us and make us contented and prepare us for a heavenly home. This is all what God is trying to do. In our life, but the thorns, the deceitfulness of the pursuit of riches or success or prosperity is, is choking the life of meaning and truth out of us, and the, the, the busyness of life, the distractedness of life, the thinking that the best pursuit is the pursuit of the pleasures of life. That that is choking God has planted that seed and it's birthing that plant, and that plant is trying to come up, that tree is trying to form, but it's soon as it gets to a certain place, our attention is distracted. We find the thorns and the thickets and the weeds just strangling the life. When are we going to say, that's it. I'm going to plow the soil. I'm getting rid of the weeds. I'm not allowing the distractions of life to keep me from our focus on Jesus because I'm raising up a generation of trees. I'm raising up a generation of oaks, people who are going to follow in faith the kingdom and purpose of God and not be defeated by this life and all of its delusions. But I'm going to raise up oaks. And in order to do that, i got to clear the weeds and clear the thorns and get rid of all the distractions. Listen, I'm not saying you can't have fun in life. I'm not saying you can't do good things or you can't be involved in some things. But I'm saying that all of us need to check it before we wreck it. All of us need to go. I wonder how much fruit would be being born out of my life if there weren't so many thorns in my garden. I wonder how much people would be benefited from what's happening in me if there weren't so many weeds choking out the growth. I want you to know today, believer, that I love you with all my heart and I want God to do his best in you. But sometimes, have you ever heard it said, we're our own worst enemy? Sometimes we are. And one of the ways we are is by allowing those thorns to stay instead of, plowing our field. Don't let the thorns stay of distraction. Don't let the thorns stay of misprioritizing your life. Don't let the thorns stay of being so busy that you can't breathe. Don't let the the thorns stay that are taking your kids' attention and putting it on everything else but Jesus. Listen, the things that are happening in our nation aren't an accident, they are consequences. To choices that we're making as a society we need to plow our field we need to clear, till break it up, get it ready and then receive the seed and God is going to give us so much fruit, so much blessing, so much change so much transformation that you won't even believe it it'll be so amazing so I'm challenging you today plow your field Get rid of the weeds. Get rid of the rocks. Get rid of the hardness. And how do I do it? I do it by being in the presence of God. God wants to sow the seed of His Word in the soil of your life. He wants to transform you and produce fruit in your life. The question is, what kind of soil are you? Our role is to tend the soil of our heart so that when God plants the seed of His Word into our lives, It produces amazing fruit in and through us amen father we thank you for your word today we thank you for telling this story we thank you for leading our lives thank you for making us thirsty god i want to drink from the living water i don't want anything to obstruct that i just ask in jesus name that you'll bring forth fruit in our lives change our lives by doing everything you can to plant that seed in the soil of our hearts and we promise that we'll do everything we can to cultivate that soil to be prepared for that seed in Jesus name Amen Thank you for being a part of the Summit Church podcast today We pray that God use today's podcast to draw you closer to Him You can stay in the know at Summit by following us on social media Thank you again for being a part. This is the Summit Church Podcast.